What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drunk Boy's Basement, where drunk conversations happen. Hi. Uh, so, to preface this a little bit, um, some of you listening might notice that we've got some echoing going on. Uh, we're still trying to furnish our new studio with some sound deadening and everything. So, we know what's echoing because we're right here. Um, but just bear with us because it is kind of annoying. So, we're, we're working on that. Um, but... Uh, other than that, how was your week? Uh, let's see. My week has chronological been order. Busy. Let's go. Wait, you you want to know what I did no. from Monday <laughs> no, to no, Friday? No, no, no. <laughs> no, like why was it busy though? Because I mean, we just moved studios, houses, all sorts of stuff. So it's like, wouldn't yeah. that be? <clears throat> I mean, that's the thing is, is moving is takes a lot out of like a couple of days. I feel. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like it's, yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't help the moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving was not what made my week busy. My week was busy because I have been taking on a lot more responsibilities at work, uh, that sort of frustrate me, sort of make me happy, whatever. Um, and then also I've just had to cram a lot of homework this week. Um, as in homework, I, I, I to clarify, reading. I'm going to stop you because there's a freaking dog that's barking. Can you hear that? <laughs> it's, uh, vaguely. I can hear it in the background. Shut the window. <laughs> Dear Lord, that's all. I mean, I was listening to you, but I was focusing on that damn dog, too. We got a couple of yappers Dear around. Good Lord. Um, and, and we also have, uh, let's see, I'm pretty sure a kid died earlier today. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just sitting. I was just sitting and uh, I just heard like this kid just screeching for like five minutes. I was like, Oh my goodness. Um, we don't need kids anyway. Um, <laughs> what kind of sh- stuff are you doing to work? Uh, <laughs> ex- extra work. What type of extra work are you doing at work? Uh, I mean, cause I know you were talking about that earlier this week. I, I do. I will say though, to preface what you're going to say, I do think that, Companies giving people extra work for no extra money, it's like a twofold argument, really. You have one side of the argument that's like they trust you to give you that much more, or they realize that you're a yes man and that you'll just do it because you think that you're supposed to. Yeah. So it's like. Well, I mean, I, I will say this. Thankfully, it's not like being voluntold to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, a phrase we, we like to use a lot. Are you not though? Because could you just be like, no, I'm not doing that. <clears throat> I could. Yeah. I technically could say, Hey, I'm not doing it. And they'd be like, fine, we'll just move on. We'll find someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course I like, I, I, I enjoy being the yes man until people take advantage of it. Um, but <laughs> I mean, pretty much, uh, like my, some of the things that have been going on, is I now have a portion of the day where I run the office. So I literally... Take the trash out, clean the tables, tuck chairs in. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's fun because uh, typically I've always been the just the employee that gets things done and then goes home. Oop. Whereas now I'm in charge of a, uh, of, of a lot of people. Mm. Um and it's a constant it, thankfully it's not as bad as that can make it sound to be 
um, basically just being there and uh, helping out other agents um, and making sure that the uh, that everyone on the phones their their operations are running smoothly. Um, and then also communicating with our uh, our work or our, our HR. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to get into too much detail with that. Um, yeah, that shit's boring. I know, right? Exactly. Uh, but also it's like currently right now we're in the middle of changing what our, de- yeah, I guess I'll say a department. Actually, no, I'm going to say team. Um, we're kind of in the, in this mode where we're changing kind of what our team does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of working on that as well as we have been seeing high call volume. So I've also had to been getting on the phones and taking calls. Um, oh, so, so you're, you're managing like the transitional period and then you're still doing your day to day. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm still, I'm still doing my day to day. Um, I just have a lot more meetings with people and it, it's just, it's become a hassle. Yeah. Um, I get that. I'm in that same so, boat. So yeah, it, it, I mean, thankfully it makes work go by fast. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, have I you mean, ever have you ever had work kick your ass so hard that you're just drive home in silence? Uh, yes, <laughs> dude, that was me on Tuesday. I drove all the way from my office to my house, and I was I didn't listen to music. I just was like thinking about how much in pain I am from like the the ass kicking that I got that day. It was there bad. Was, I think I actually think it was no, mine was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Wednesday kicked me so hard. I literally like somehow got home you zone out like you don't exist and then you all of a sudden show up at home and you're like oh i think i didn't run any stoplights <laughs> yeah, exactly. i've been there dude i've straight up been there like that was my wednesday right there um but yeah the other the other half of my day other than just work being just crazy now that i'm back in the office um is is uh yeah i've been catching up with homework i've had like you hate homework. oh dude it's the worst. i had i i let's see this week i had about 15 chapters i have to read this whole uh, this week plus homework assignments that go with are each you, chapter are you behind or do they actually assign 15 chapters a week so most of my classes that's how they work there was one class oh because you're not i'm thinking i'm stupid so like i've explained in previous episodes i do staggered semesters yeah so i do like six credit hour for Three months what's a semester like nine months uh 16 weeks 16 i don't know what that translates to what was that 16 divided okay, by four eight, so okay. four four months okay four so, months. so eight weeks of of two classes and then eight more weeks of two other classes so i don't have four classes all at once well see so you, you you don't have okay i, I guess i can see that yeah because i i was doing i can't, I can't actually i can't even comprehend doing that that sounds like a pain <laughs> no, it's it's not because I'm only doing two classes right now. I have a full load of 12 credit hours, but I'm only right. doing six right now. And then after September, I'm doing six more. Uh, or, yeah. So that's two, two, three credit hour classes a piece. Well, aren't that's you nine, lucky? Well, nine. That's nine. <laughs> twelve. I don't know how that equals. It somehow it equals out to twelve, but. All, uh, the one thing I will say is, is one of the classes did, um, because of the, tra- the transition, the studio transition and everything going on, 
I did fall a little bit behind um, just because he, they were like, yo, because it's the beginning of semester, we're going to give you like two weeks to kind of oh, adjust. Acclimate, yeah. And so I let all of that kind of, there was still homework due in that time period and I just kind of let it build up. So that's always super fun to do. Yeah. It kind of screwed me. I um, think so far in my collegiate career, the one thing that I hate and I will for always ever hate, it's not homework. It's group work. Group yeah. work in online classes is a shit show. <laughs> I'm doing. I agree. Yeah, I'm taking an African studies class because that's a requirement. Don't judge me, but I am taking it. And every assignment. So basically, the whole class is laid out is Professor What's His Face assigns chapters. You read the chapters, and then on Sundays, you and three other group members have to get together and discuss what the chapter was about and then write a summary. It's like four paragraphs. It's not even that long. <laughs> but one for paragraph the last, per person. <laughs> for the last, yeah, but for the last three weeks, I've been the only one doing them and submitting them. And so I'm scrolling through all my homework and all sorts of other shit yesterday, and I see that we've got a final project due. Now, I've done, in my degree, just in my business degree alone, I think I've done like 150 bajillion business plans just alone. And our final project is we have to develop a business idea in Africa. Now, for some of you listening, you're like, that's not a big deal. For others of you listening that are versed in Africa as a continent, it's a disaster. (laughs) Because by 2032... Africa is predicted to be completely lost. It's just, it's like lost as in it's, it can't be salvaged. There can't be governments created. There can't be businesses created. There's no infrastructure. It can't be saved. Huh. And I'm not, I, he's not like trying to be that broad. He's like, just create a business plan. It's not a big deal. But I get talking to my dad about this. who lived in Africa for the better part of 10 years. And he is, (laughs) he's, He's, you know, we're talking about all this stuff. And the bottom line is, depending on how intricate he wants this business plan, because I honestly straight up just read the instructions that what, what I, where I was going from the beginning was it frustrates me because this is like a six week project. We're three weeks into it. We have not done shit at <laughs> all. That's like any, any project. So I've started just rough drafting everything. And the thing that bothers me is we're, we're sharing a Google doc because I finally got the other three idiots that I'm working with to like, try to like actually collaborate with me. Granted, they do it once a year, (laughs) but I've written out like this rough draft of business plan because I came up with the business idea because I was like, you guys aren't going to help me. So I'm just going to do it myself. And so I started writing this idea out. And so I send, I'm literally leading this group. Like I'm, I'm like, doing updates and like the group chat text we have. I'm like doing all this shit. And it's so frustrating because Savannah, I don't know your last name, but if you're somehow ever find this podcast, I hate you. Okay. Her and Caitlin, this other chick that's in my group. What do you got? All girls in your group? Don't forget Tyler. Oh, okay. Sad day. (laughs) But he's always somehow on a plane so he can never respond. That's his excuse. He's in the airplane mode twenty four seven. Yeah, he's probably I don't know. <laughs> like so, 
I write out this business plan, like this rough draft. I did this at like 8 a.m. at work on, on Tuesday. Like I just had free time, so I just wrote out a business plan. And it's like a four-page, it's like, it's like a decent business plan. And I send in the group chat, I'm like, hey, I wrote a rough draft. Do some edits, let me know what you guys think. <laughs> I don't know if it's like just some sick joke, but in a span of an hour, I get Tyler. He goes, I'll check it out on Saturday when I get off my plane. I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking long plane ride. It's Tuesday. And then Caitlin and Savannah at the same time go, yes. That's it. That's all I've heard from them. That's all I've heard from this whole week. So my bottom line is group projects are horrible. And I've only, I could probably only count on one hand how many times I've had a group that's like actually collaborative and it's like go-getter status. Because I've been around the block enough. The second, the day my class started, I found out who my group was, got all their numbers, and texted them. <laughs> I was like, I, I was about it. I didn't hear anything from all three of these idiots for like two weeks. See, that's too much effort. I, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, I couldn't either, but the, fa- the, the shitty part is 20% of our grade is just homework and the final project. 80% of our grade is group, like... A group grade like what other people are gonna so i do you know how Ooh, i swear to god if i get less than an a plus in this class because my group members are talking shit <laughs> that's my rant for tonight i just i was i, I just fume about this all day <laughs> well now that your fume is over no and another thing <laughs> All right, all right. Apparently Ryan has some things to get off his chest tonight. Well, so I don't know how much you know about Africa as a continent, let alone the countries inside of Africa. I'm not belittling you. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people that don't know very much about the continent of Africa. There are countries in Africa that are just shitty. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really know how else to say it. Um I've never been to Africa, so I can't talk on that. <laughs> but like, okay, I can't talk shit on Caitlin because she was the only other girl. Because I listed out a bunch of business ideas. I, I wrote a summary like a, a normal group assignment. And then on the second page, I just wrote out some business ideas. And I was like, okay, you three idiots get together, start a campfire, and just talk about this. I don't care. Pick a business idea. And so Caitlin picks a business – picks – uh, tourism, because one of the ideas I had was try to capitalize on tourism in countries that don't support to that they can't support tourism. Now, you're shaking your head saying, "Yeah, it's a good idea." The thing I didn't think about is why these countries can't support tourism. A lot of it has to do with the fact that white people will get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that kind of might well. Uh, never mind. I, I was going to talk about like Mexico. They have some tourist they, spots. They, but the the cartels are branching out. People are getting kidnapped at like Cabo. Wait, what? There were like straight up like cartel members that were going on to like the Cabo resorts and like kidnapping people, or like they'd fake be fake taxi drivers to take you into the city, and then they'd take you not to the city and do things that are illegal to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. So like, um. And like one of the ideas I had was there's no the Congolese River in the Democratic Republic of Congo has no tourism. Now it's a it's a gorgeous river, 
and you could take tourists down that on like a boat, like a day trip. The problem with that is there's like one spot in the Congo called Katanga where my dad worked that you can go. Otherwise, you'll die. (laughs) So the hard part about formulating business plans in Africa is shit that you would not normally think about. Like the fact that, so you have a boat going down the Congolese River with a bunch of white Europeans and Americans on it. You could probably do that for like two weeks safely. Like, and you would set up spots to where they could get off the boat and walk around in a controlled environment. Like you're not going to let them go play out in the forest. But what happens is like soldiers, like you've heard of Joseph Coney, right? Nope. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys are right, dude. You're not culture at all. <laughs> now, Joseph Coney is this world, world was or is this warlord in, in the Congo, and he recruits all these recruits. He kidnaps these children, like these young, young, like six, seven year olds, eight, ten year, thirteen year olds from villages, and then he turns them into fighters, and then they're his quote unquote freedom fighters, and they go and rape and pillage villages. That's what they. That's Joseph Coney. That's what he does. What happens is you. That's get, a very American name. Joseph Coney? Yeah. I'll call him and tell him that his name's not fitting for what he does. I don't what do you want me to do? <laughs> but you get like a tour like a tour boat group, right, that's going down this river for like two weeks. And the thing about Africa is everybody that's native there with everyone that's native there with power, some sort of power, if they're a village elder or whatever, they own something, whether that be land or property or something so what will happen is you'll have a two-week period where you can send these boats up and down the Congolese river touring you know boat tours after two weeks these local elders these power holders these soldiers or whatever are going to see that and they're going to start blockading the river and unless you pay them they're not going to let you through that's just how it works so like my other business idea i don't even know why i'm getting into this but i think some of it's interesting so you guys have to fucking listen um (laughs) The other business idea I had, which actually piggybacked off what my dad's company did in a couple years ago, is the farming. Because everybody needs food, right? So what my dad's company did is they bought tractors, they bought like they bought seeds, they bought all like all the stuff you need to farm. And then they put it on like an acre of land. And what they did was they had people that went out and like pitched this idea to these villages. And they said, look, we know you've got like a co-op farm, but what if we take over that farm with our own equipment? You don't have to pay for any of it. You farm the land. We teach you how to grow corn. We're going to use corn as an example. We'll teach you how to grow corn. You get 50% of whatever you harvest, and we get 50% of what you harvest as our payment. You know. And then you know we'd have people that would take so those 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 villagers would get the 50% and they could take that and that was their you know their sustenance their food or their money and then we'd have the people that trained them go and sell my corn so like I'd be like the business owner and I'd have a team of people that would go out to these villages and teach these people how to grow uh, different things and the thing that's tough about that too is I don't know anything about farming but you have to know what type of seeds would fit in the type of environment like because some some don't grow well in the sahara or wherever yeah 
So you got to know a little bit about that. But if you take the semantics out of it, like you don't, it doesn't matter about that. So let's say you have like, you have corn, you have beans, you have wheat, you have grain, barley. So you have like seven, six, seven different things in a one acre plot of land. So one corner is corn, one corner is beans, one corner is wheat, barley, et cetera, et cetera. And then each individual person has, so you have like a corn guy, you have a barley guy, you have a wheat guy, a beans guy. And each time they get 50%. So I'm garnering 50% of each of what they're, they're, you know, sowing. Now, the reason that I talked about Joseph Coney is because you have to start thinking about ridiculous shit that'll happen. The ridiculous shit that'll happen that happened to my dad's company, it, it, they didn't suffer from it by any means, but they were trying to do something like good for the community because that, that was basically what his company was about is they started these mines in hopes that they would get minerals for money. But at the same time, they teach these people how to mine and to do, you know, create infrastructure in their country. Well, what happens is you create these farms and you start getting attention that's not positive attention. So like every country in Africa has like one warlord, like just one dude that'll just fuck shit up all the time. And what happened is the, the farm that my dad's company started got big enough. So they were on an acre, but that acre was producing a lot of food, even in the local markets. Like it wasn't like expanding into the, these other territories in the country. It was like one local market. Like I think it was in Kenya and it was a small Kenyan market. It wasn't big, but Kenya has like as many warlords as there are Honda civics in the U like the U S like it's ridiculous. So what happens is you get these warlords that come in and then they start being like, okay, if you're not given a, they just bully you and they're giving, you know, getting what they want. And the thing that's so goddamn hard about these African business plans is you have to think about shit like that. And the only alternative to a, to a company like that, so you create a farm, which is good for the community, knowing that a warlord is going to come in and just ruin your business, you have to formulate your business in such a way that after like nine months, it'll just expire. Now that's super shitty because we, what do you mean expire? Well, that means that there's no more crops. There's no more food. There's no more whatever. That's shitty. But in order to make it so the warlord can't capitalize on it, you have to build your business to fail. It's a really huh. weird concept, but that's how I've designed my business plan is it's going to be designed to fail. So when you're doing like your SWOT analysis, so your strengths, your weaknesses, opportunities, and your threats yeah. in, <laughs> in an African business plan, you'll have your strengths, right? Cause there's the thing about Africa is there's just an abundance of land that's not used, but the Chinese own a shitload of it. And there's human capital. There's super, super cheap human capital in Africa. It's ridiculous. However, well, and then you have opportunities. And opportunities can go into strengths, um, which, you know, human capital, land, whatever. So your strengths and um, your, uh, your opportunities. Now, weaknesses and threats also go hand in hand. Because threats are like, they sound cartoonish. Like when you write them down on like in your analysis they sound ridiculous like a warlord might attack my village fire like some a random bushfire because that that's the thing that's crazy about africa is random fires just start like it's not some idiots doing gender reveals in california that cause a giant bushfire it's literally just like everyone's just hanging out and then it just something ignites it's ridiculous i've seen it so you have like random fires you have warlords you have um ill-motivated people and the weird part about that is like the human capital aspect like i said is massive 
but it's twofold because like 50% of the village people will be motivated to be like, yeah, we want to create a farm. Like it's going to be great. The other 50%, and it's so weird how it's really linear. Like it's always down the middle. It's not like, it's not like an 80, 20 split. It's literally like a 50, 50 split. So you have like eight people and four of those people are motivated and the other four could give a shit less. So the problem is in order to make successful businesses like the one I'm designing, you have to find people that are willing to run it when you're not there. Because what my dad noticed is he would employ people and he would bring people in from other countries that knew their tradecraft. So for example, they were trying to build a mine, like a giant warehouse. And they told, you know, the Africans that they hired to build it. Well, they couldn't weld at all. Like they'd had no welding skills, zero. So what the company my dad was working with did is they hired Indians to come over from India and they flew them in from India. And these guys were like master welders. What happened is the Africans went on strike. Like the good ones? The good what? Wait, the, like like the motivated so, so, ones? No, I guess so. I well, say. we're not. Uh, that that was kind of that was kind of <laughs> an example of just uh, getting to it. Oh, okay. But what ha- So you had these Africans that, that they hired to work for this company, and they said, "Okay, well, this building." Well, they tried and they failed miserably because they straight up didn't know how to weld. Like they knew what what welding. Like they knew the basics of it, but you, they couldn't weld steel girders. And just by tradecraft, the Indians from from India are like really 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 good at welding for whatever reason. So the company. I don't even know if India has any weaknesses. <laughs> human capital. What? I feel like there are so many goddamn people over there. There are so many people. Would that be a strength then? No. A human capital? Well, I mean, human capital is a strength, but not in India's red aspect. There's just, there's too many, too many people over there. All right. All right. New, New Delhi. If you look at like a satellite image of New Delhi, dude, it's insane. It's, it, it, dude, it's ridiculous. It looks like New York on steroids. Wait. Oh, okay. Never mind. I was actually, there, there's a place in like Asia where like there's a person. What? What were they saying about that place? I kind of want to look this up, but it's like a mile by mile stretch that people oh, are living on top yeah, of each yeah, other. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's in India. Oh, that is in India. That's in India, and yeah, it's I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name of it, but it's a mile. But yeah, it's a perfect. It's a well, it's an acre by an acre, so it's like a mile and a half by a mile and a half, and inside that mile and a half, sixteen thousand people live in there. Yeah, it was like some ridiculous like. No, it's like you're they 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 live in like four hundred five hundred square foot apartments on top of each other there's like 30 high yeah it's i know what you, i know what you're talking <laughs> about, but that's you know but so um they brought these indians in and the africans went on strike because they said well they're taking our jobs so what do you do in that situation what you do is you treat the african workers as vocational workers you pair them up with an indian and the indian tells them and shows them how to weld so the, the hard part about that, and the, the, the reason that I was talking about the 50-50 split is because what happened was that the company that my dad worked with paired up these Africans with an Indian. The Indian showed them how to weld, right? What they did after the fact was they set up workshops. So like when the Indians were gone, 
there were still people there that were training like it was like an actual like welding class. What happened was after my dad's company was like, great, our work here is done. We've set up infrastructure. We can move on to the next whatever. People stopped showing up to those classes. People stopped coming entirely. And the welding that they were doing went right back down to the toilet. So hmm. that's what happens is it's such a weird anomaly because it's, it's nothing. It's not, I'm not pointing my nose up at Africa at all. Well, I kind of am, but not the people there. The people there are amazing. They're all great. But the weirdest part about it is it takes people to get out of a rut. And Africa has been in a rut for fucking ever. Like just as a whole, the continent, you know, but countries like Egypt and South Africa, they've thrived. They made it work because they have governments. A lot of the other countries, it's literally the Wild West. There's no government. If there is, it's not a stable one. And there's just corruption. There's all sorts of bullshit that goes on. But to me, I've always found such a weird paradox in the fact that it takes people to build something. It doesn't matter if it's a house or a government. It takes people. And they've all got to be motivated to some aspect to build that something. So I sit there when I'm analyzing these these different conundrums trying to understand like why wouldn't everybody be motivated to make a country better because when 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 i was really young when we were in zimbabwe zimbabwe has a rampant inflation problem like you think about inflation in in like the united states picture you go to the store to buy a red bull and you have to literally bring a truck a goddamn pickup truck the bed is full of money to buy that soft drink or to buy that Red Bull. That's literally how bad the inflation was. How? We were, I remember we were we were in line at this little like uh, kiosk thing because Victoria Falls, which borders Zambia and Zimbabwe, it, it's, it's, it's right like in the center, like where the, con- like the countries divide. Uh, Victoria Falls is right in the center of that. So one of the bigger things to do is all of the tourist lodges in Zimbabwe and Zambia are like on the, the edge of Victoria Falls. It looks, it's almost like Niagara Falls, just prettier and not as cold. Um, but we were in line because, you know, obviously they're trying to capitalize on whatever they can. And one of the things to capitalize on was if you want to go stand anywhere near the falls, you got to pay like a little fee. It was like four US dollars. It wasn't that much. Four US dollars was one wheelbarrow sized thing of money. Really? My dad went out, bought a wheelbarrow from some random dude to get money out of and the thing was atms were abundant i mean they were everywhere they're like gas stations because they would run out of money because you're, you're withdrawing four dollars the, the atm's empty wow i don't even know how you could be how it could get that bad because huh. that, that because you don't have a stable government and you don't have people that understand anything about politics so like the whole, the, the whole, the whole debate about like, okay, well, minimum wage should be fifteen dollars an hour. Okay, that's bullshit for a lot of reasons, but the main reason is because you want people to be in affordable housing. Well, how do we get that affordable housing? Well, we have to tax people. Well, if you want fifteen dollars an hour to become a thing for affordable housing, you have to increase tax rates. What'll happen when people don't want to pay those tax rates? They move out of the city. So then the people that are still left in the city have to pay an even higher tax rate to make up for the lack of people that moved out of the city. Simple things like that. It sounds simple to you and I, but for whatever reason, some of these countries in Africa cannot grasp that. And it just literally like, oh, they just, they just print money. Because money doesn't really necessarily mean anything. Like the paper, it's a fa- piece of paper. 
And that's literally how some of these countries treat it. Well, okay, let's just print a lot of it so everyone's got some. Well, suddenly it's not rare anymore. So it's no longer a commodity. It's just something that you have. The whole reason that money is a thing at all is because it's basically power of suggestion. That's all it is. Someone's telling you that this is a dollar and it's okay, I guess it's a dollar. But what happens when everybody has a dollar? Everybody. I know it's just a dollar, but for simplistic sake, everybody's got a dollar. The reason that things are expensive in general is because the rarity, right? Not everyone's driving around in a 2020 Silverado. Not everyone can afford it. But so the government of Zimbabwe was like, well, let's just create equality for everybody and give everybody money. <laughs> let's make it so everyone can buy a 2020 Chevy Silverado. That's what happens. So then the, the value of that 2020 Silverado disappears and money becomes obsolete. So stuff like that is the things that you have to take into account like when you're building a business plan for a failing continent like Africa. Because seriously, by 2032... It's oh not Siri that was weird. <laughs> the country, See? the country, the country, the continent will be labeled as a failure. So literally, wait, it's not already labeled a failure. No, it's it's getting there. Even oh. even developed countries like South Africa and Egypt, it won't matter anymore. They'll finally topple. They'll finally topple because it's it's their product of their environment. And the the funniest part about that story of Zimbabwe, for almost thirty years, they were the breadwinner of Africa. They were the ones that produced food, they produced goods, they produced everything that dispersed to all the different countries for years. And Mugabe became president and just totally fucked everything up. Like absolutely obliterated the entire country. Which then caused all the other countries that were relying on Zimbabwe to start to falter. That's why you have Somalia as just a shithole. Kenya's not doing so well. Cote d'Ivoire is, they've got no government at all. It's stuff like that. It's just a ripple effect. And so Hmm. you have to develop a business plan that only survives 10 years. I thought you said nine months. When did I say nine months? A business plan that... That um, survives nine months. I don't remember saying that. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm just drunk enough that I'm just hearing things. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. If I, if I said nine months, I was wrong. You, you have to develop a business plan that survives at least 10 years. Anything longer than that, you're, you're playing the lottery. Huh. Because, it, it, you know, at that point, it's your business will be obsolete because people either can't afford it or it'll be just a commodity that doesn't need to exist anymore. <laughs> Because that's, that's the hardest part. You want to create it. Okay, so you want to create a product that you can sell. What, what, what's a product that you could sell to somebody? And the thing that, that fucking blows my mind too is the telecommunication in Africa is... Isn't it like non-existent? No. It's way more prevalent than it is in the U.S. Really? There are people in villages that don't have running water or food and they've got cell phones. Dead serious. These people are in traditional like garb, like they're they're in there with their beads and everything, and they're not wearing shoes. They're you know they're they're aborigines. They're living off the land, and they're scrolling the internet on their Moto Razor. I'm <laughs> I, I'm serious. It's the weirdest thing. Can you even scroll the internet on a Moto Razor? You can click through the internet. <laughs> 
But that, that's the thing. It's so weird. Is the, if you ever go to Africa, you'll notice that everybody is connected. Everybody. You don't have to. You don't, you don't have to have a computer in your house, but you got a cell phone because they made it really affordable. So everybody's got cell phones. Everybody's connected, but not everybody's got running water. Not everybody's got food. Not everybody's got a place to live. And that's what's so mind blowing is when you look at Africa as a developing continent, it's all backwards. Everything's backwards. You would think that you would set up infrastructure, being government and all this other shit before everyone had cell phones, right? Wrong. Oh, Africa's yeah. not that way. <laughs> you would think that a lot of the stuff I explained, there should be preceding events that happened before those events that led up to those events that would make those events it's, I explained better. It's kind of true. I, I, I've been reading about that, um, like the hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly right. And there is none in Africa. There were people, granted, there were people that saw that telecommunication is important, which it is, but they capitalized on it very early. So by, by 1990, I think it was like 2.1 or 230,000 people had cell phones, which was already absurd for the 90s. And then by 2004, 98% of the continent had phones. 98% of the continent, dude. The 2% are people that are either untouchables, so they've never been touched by society, which there aren't many left in Africa anymore, or they're children, like adult, like very young children. Those are the two oh. demographics. 98% of I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't know what the statistic in the U.S. I'm sure it's probably that or higher because, I mean, four-year-olds have cell phones now. <laughs> See, here's my thought process is how they pay that plan. <laughs> a lot of it's A lot of it's just phone cards. Phone services in Africa are re the reason everyone's got cell phones is because it's so cheap. You can pay for a phone card with unlimited data for like fifteen bucks for like three months. It's unlimited everything. See, you, the U.S. needs to get on that level. We need we need cheap phones. Right. <laughs> but see, but see, that's the hierarchy of needs. What happens when you have cheap phones? Apple doesn't exist anymore. Samsung uh, starts to that portion of Samsung starts to dissipate. The reason that capitalism is a thing, it's it's shitty that it is, but when you really dive into it and peel the onion back a little bit, capitalism I like capitalism. As much as I hate to say it, supports other things. Now, you know, not everyone likes Bezos because he's ridiculously rich, sure, but capitalism supported that. Exactly. You know, he did a service for a lot of people, which is connected people via services See, like if I, like that's the thing is people don't it's not that people don't like Bezos they just don't like the idea of him having that much money which is it's it's stupid it's a little absurd I mean to each their own I <laughs> to, we're gonna go down the rabbit hole again <laughs> I still fail to understand why do you need that much money I mean hey if that's where people want to put their money. No, I'm Good not I'm like, sure. But <laughs> what I'm saying is for one second, be a humanitarian. Like you want to talk, mean, you want to hear, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Who cares about money? Jeff Bezos does. <laughs> you know, I can't really argue on that one apparently, but, um, shoot, I've lost my train of thought there. 
I mean, yeah, you are right on the fact that nobody needs that much money, but look, I get you and James, your your you and James's point. Like, okay, he earned it, whatever. What I'm saying is like, I I guess I just don't understand how this is going off on a little bit into the weeds you know, from what I was explaining. I'll, but... say, I'll, I'll say this really quick. Capitalism is the idea that people put their money where they want to put their money. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, I mean, that's like the, like the, like most layman explanation. You, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that that's like probably the like, most stripped down explanation of capitalism. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And the fact that Bezos created a service that everyone decided to pool their money into. Look, uh, I'm not, congratulations. I'm not no, look. From from what I said prior to that Bezos comment and the conversation we had a long time ago about it, I'm not like saying that it's like ridiculous that what cuz what he did was like brilliant like he he found a niche real quick and just capitalized on it immediately but my point is i look at you study countries like ghana and cote d'ivoire and ethiopia and all that stuff and then you look at guys like bezos who are topping like 239 billion dollars or whatever and if you literally if he literally took just a million dollars he could fix like three of those countries in an instant (laughs) For how long? <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. If you if you're really about it, you spend that money, and then you spend time developing the helping the country to develop into what it needs to be. But to my previous point, you the thing about Africa is you have to almost it's it's shady to say, but you, it's almost like you have to babysit some of these countries because if you don't, some of these people like Mugabe come to power. And then they literally just run the country like a carnival. They do whatever they want forever because there's no term elections. Because he's just going to be there forever, like Putin. <laughs> Dude, that is a crazy thing to think that some one person has enough money to literally change a country. Multiple countries. True. Yeah, yeah multiple It's not countries. just one. I mean, hell, he could buy three of those countries if he wanted to. <laughs> He's going to start buying governments in, I guess, in Africa. I guess to go back to the Bezos conversation, the thing that I'm just trying to like understand is, so everyone's like, not everyone, but a large population probably has like, I want to get $2 million by the time I'm 40 or whatever. Okay, so then what you do after you hit 40, you're comfortable, you kind of capitalize on it a little bit, and you, you live off that, right? How in the Sam hell, like, I, what I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you have $239 billion. I don't know if that's his actual net worth, but it's probably close. You have $239 <laughs> billion. It's like, to me, I feel like the motivation's gone at that point. You can't even go up anymore. I mean, you can, but it's like... What I'm saying is, like, everyone has goals and aspirations and dreams, right? I'm sure Bezos has his... Like, no, he probably doesn't because he's already <laughs> paid for all of them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And that's probably what I was trying to convey to you two morons a couple weeks ago was $239 billion, okay? In front of you on a table, that's all yours forever. You buy all the houses, you buy all the cars, you do all the stuff, then what? The whole point uh, of satisfaction from different achievements is like you worked to get there. 
So it's like after you have $239 billion and you've bought and done everything, it's like, okay, I'm 45 years old and I want to die now because I've done everything. See, now it's just time to retire, enjoy some like just a lazy life. But see, I feel like that'd get boring after a while. You're not working toward, you're not doing anything productive. That's probably true too. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, 239 billion, that would be sick. That'd be crazy. But at the same time, the reason I take pride in my monetary value is because I know how hard I work to get there. And Jeff, I'm not discounting how hard Jeff did either, but I'm saying he's already there and he surpassed far what anyone else will do. So it's like, why would you keep trying, I guess? I mean, I'm sure there's a better way to explain it, but it's like, why would you still have motivation to get up in the morning when you literally don't have to do shit? Maybe he's a workaholic. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I guess it, it's just like, I don't know how to convey it. It's like, you, too, I, 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 I mean, I, that's, that's a hard thing is you can't, you can't even comprehend it. No, I can't. Yeah, that's the hardest part about it is like it, it's such and that's, an. That's probably why I have a hard time explaining it is because yeah, I can't fathom it. But I just keep going back to the fact that like if I had that much money, I wouldn't be motivated to do anything ever, ever. And it's like yeah. I thrive off motivation to a certain extent. I mean, there are days where I like to be lazy, but I have the lazy day, and I'm like, okay, now I need to do shit for three days in a row. <laughs> I don't know. I'm it's just to... it's just weird, man. I just like like I said, like you and James were acting like I was like talking shit. I mean, I was talking shit, but at the same time, like yeah, he did earn <laughs> he did earn the money. I'm not I'm not discounting that, but I am saying like, what the hell are you gonna do with that? You can Holy do you shit. can do whatever you want, and he's probably done whatever he wanted, but he still got the same amount of money as when he started. So it's like <laughs> he's literally got he's got infinite money. I mean, it's true. Even if he spends it, he just gets it back in a day. But someone, someone was saying, if you had, if you got ten thousand dollars a day since like sixteen twenty five BC, BC, ten thousand dollars a day from sixteen twenty five BC all the way up until twenty twenty, you still would not have nearly as much as Bezos does today. <laughs> like you wouldn't even touch him. That's with inflation over like like a thousand years. That's that's crazy. I don't even know. It's surprising to think that one person can be that powerful. But he's not even that powerful. He's just got money. Yeah, I guess true. Like honestly, you you've seen so, okay, I, you've I'll, seen the way Bezos looks. If he walked in a room and he was like, "I command respect," you're like, "You need to get the fuck out of my house." <laughs> <laughs> he's a weird looking dude. I don't care what kind of money you have. I would not respect a dude that looks like him. Who's weirder, uh, Elon Musk or Bezos? I like guys with hair, personally. I respect guys with hair more. What, hair on their head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need a... Bezos, Bezos looks okay. like a bowling ball with a nose. <laughs> Is his head shiny? It's very shiny. Coconut oil shiny. I mean, I guess if you have that much money... You can do whatever you want. <laughs> gold, gold flaked coconut oil. <laughs> hey, I think Elon Musk is a brilliant person, but he's not very good at speaking about anything. Anybody, See? anybody listening, go go watch any presentation Musk has ever done. 
for like at least five minutes and you'd be like, wow. If you didn't know that he was like brilliant, you'd be like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> straight up, straight up. If you had no... No, no, no. He's awkward. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's probably awkward, but the, the thing that baffles me about Musk is he creates this shit, right? That he ta- and he doesn't know how to freaking explain it. <laughs> yeah, he, he's an interesting He dude. gets on, he, he's talking all this game about his cyber truck, and then he destroys it on stage, the indestructible windows, and he destroys them on dude, stage. How long ago was that? That was like two years ago, uh, wasn't it? Was probably, uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe. A year and a half? Yeah, I was gonna say that was a while ago, and that's still. It was a while ago, but I mean, I still watched that. It was, it was a disaster. It was like, well, I would just. Oh goodness! I always love it. It always sounds like he always has so many like, I guess I'll say quarrels with his uh, stakeholders. Well, he or, literally or was, uh, was it the board. It's his, it's the board. Yeah, the board. I mean, there is a. Uh, well, he he tweeted something. Uh, months and months ago and he lost like <laughs> like five or six million dollars like all a bunch of his board members pulled out just because <laughs> it from a tweet i think we talked about that on one of the episodes yeah he tweeted something and he lost like five million dollars in like two hours <laughs> which which, I remember that. which economists and like people when you look at it wasn't even that big of a deal because he would have gained that back over like you know two or three weeks but the thing that i was touching on was how insane it was that he's got so much like some of these board members are so angsty against him and just like already like kind of weirded out that they're even invested in him. They are so terrified of a tweet. They'll pull money out. <laughs> he is, is, he is, he is brilliant. I, I would say that he's more brilliant than, than Bezos is though, by far. I think Bezos just had an idea and he's just been riding that wave for the last 30 years. Whereas Musk keeps coming up with these ridiculous, he's, he's basically Bruce Wayne. Put him in a Batman. He's suit. basically Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I mean, they, he sent a freaking dummy to Mars to, or to space in that Tesla Roadster. Oh, he strapped the Roadster to that rocket and shot it up into space. <laughs> Let's just find really random things to do and just do it. And he owns the Boring <laughs> Company, and they they were selling flamethrowers. Oh, that's right. I always forget about that company. And the but ATF yeah. was like. What are you doing? He's like, uh, not selling guns. It's a flamethrower. <laughs> oh, dude, he's awesome. I, lo- I love Musk. He's great. On paper. I guess that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, I think, I, I think we're going to end this episode a little bit earlier tonight. So thanks, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Drunk Boys Maze. Yeah. Amazement. Amazement. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us on another episode of Drunk Boys Basement. Interested in finding where else you can catch us? Follow us on Facebook. Find something you want the Drunk Boys to research and talk about next time? Let us know. And if you like hanging out, share our Facebook page. Catch y'all next Friday. And remember, please, please listen wow. responsibly. Bye. Jeez. <laughs>